Welcome back to another episode of Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Derek and Jimmy. I'm here, Jimmy. I know they've missed us, Derek. Uh, I know they're sick of these interviews because they hate hearing other people talk. They'd rather hear our voices. Well, you're (laughs) in luck today because we are finally to my favorite version of the Getting By. Oh, the favorite. Finally. Number five. They said... We don't care that you grew up and have personal stories with Brandon where his friend or text with him. We don't care that you recorded with him. What do Derek and Jimmy think about these songs? About number five. Which one is his favorite? We don't know. Well, now we do. All right, getting by number five. The only subtitle I could come up for this one was Morning Breaks, number five. This one's kind of a a little bit more hopeful, I guess. I don't know. I I was trying to put my finger on... The, the mood or the tone that I feel when I when I listen to this version. I really like it. I don't know why. The very first time I heard it, I was going through the deluxe versions. This one came on, and I thought, eh, I probably don't like this one as much as number two. And then he got to the na-na-na-na-na part. Gotcha. And that was it. I was like, oh, man, this is the one. This is my favorite. This is, I can already tell I'm going to like this one. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely it's more of a killer sounding song. Uh, it's more focused on the music and the 80s kind of uh, feel or synth, synth feel than uh, the other ones. I think it's more traditionally in that vein. It's a little slower than, than traditional killer songs, but I think if uh, the whole pressure machine didn't happen and the next killer album came out and this song was in there and Brandon just said in an interview or something, it kind of reminds me about growing up in Nephi and that's all we got. It would probably fit in with a traditional killer uh, album, where uh, most of the Pressure Machine probably probably would not. So, at least this version of it. I was trying to think, what is this na 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 part? What is it reminding me of? And so I searched the killer's lyrics, na na na, and guess what came up? Dying breed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another heavy na 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 song. And now I like that one even more now <laughs> because of this one. <laughs> I don't know what it is about. It's uh, this puzzle. I'm telling you, these puzzle pieces come together. The way it drives the song forward, I guess. I don't know. It, it's strange how uh, a little tweak here or there or something just in a lyric here or there can totally change uh, interpretation of a song or how you feel about the song or uh, whether or not you think it's a, a sad kind of depressing song or an optimistic hopeful song or just a, you know, just a banger or whatever you want to say there. Um, I definitely had... Uh, some some feels of like the flock of seagulls feel in there. I, I thought I, I was thinking like when Brandon grew up, we, we've talked about how his brother kind of got him into. Well, I don't know if we've talked about it or not. It's been talked about how his brother kind of got him into into the older '80s music that he grew up in by giving him the cassettes when the brother would get the CD, and uh, you know, so he got into like we've talked about. I think we've talked Duran Duran, um, like Depeche Mode with Todd a little bit. And I don't know if he's ever said anything about the Flock of Seagulls or whatever, but in this song, I hear the Flock of Seagulls. So I don't know if I'm onto something or not, but that's just kind of what I thought there. And then I was kind of thinking as well, when Brandon thinks about Nephi or that time in Nephi, the interpretation is it's this slow country town, kind of like the last version that we heard was kind of a, of a more of a Western feel, this, this barbed wire town just going to drag you down. Uh, but in Brandon's own life, and from what we've heard from like Adam and, and Don and a few of the other guys we've talked to, uh, this was probably more the style of music that Brandon would associate with growing up in Nephi because that's what he was listening to at the time. So I thought as far as the, the story goes, um, same story for the most part, but as far as the music goes, this one was probably a little more factual, at least for a, a biography of how Brandon would have been at that time. 
Yeah, so back then, probably when he was in Nephi, uh, in middle school time frame, that's about the time I got my first CD. That's when CDs started coming out, getting popular, and his brother would have been handing down the tapes. So, Derek, I wanted to ask you, what was the first CD you ever bought? Well, this is controversial, because there's two answers here. There's the first CD I ever bought, or the first first CD I ever got. And uh, neither one of them is going to make me sound like I should be doing a musical podcast at all. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you them both, and uh, we can go from there. I think the first CD I ever bought was was Criss Cross. You remember nice. Criss Cross? Yes. They make you jump, jump. You dress backwards. You wear your ba- pants on backwards. They had uh, such uh, such hits as uh, well. They only had one big hit, but <laughs> there was the track "I Missed the Bus," which oh, is, a, nice. is a sleeper that a lot of people uh, aren't. You know, you might want to go Google that right now and, and listen <laughs> to it. But uh, come to find out that one of the Chris's of Criss Cross, I think, uh, passed away. So no hope of a reunion tour there. I think the second one, and I don't remember if this was a gift or I purchased it, which one. I, I purchased one of these and I was given one of these, but they were both ones I wanted, so I'm not trying <laughs> to, to blame anybody. The next one was All for One. Do you remember All for One? Yes. Yeah, that's when I was, uh, you know, a little, a little tween boy. We didn't have the word tween at the time, and, you know, you're getting all uh, prepubescent and uh, getting ready for the, the big dances or something. I don't know, but uh, they had the big hit of... Uh, was it, I'll be there for you. No, what was that song? All for Love or something. They were like a poor man's boys to men, and I was the poor man. But they had some song that was popular at the time uh, that they were probably playing down at the uh, skating rink down there at the old gym or at the, <laughs> yeah, or, or the church dances or whatever. Couples only song. Couples only. And, uh, uh, boy, I'd have to hope it was a snowball and that somebody would ask me because I, I don't think I had the uh, gumption to go ask a young lady for uh, for a dance at that point. But. Their big single was I Swear. Oh, I Swear, that was it. And then uh, another Nephi story with that is there was a country version. I don't know if it came before or after. I think it was John Michael Montgomery did I Swear. And so that probably became the more popular version <laughs> in Nephi, uh, at least probably at those same dances and stuff we went to. But um, So those were uh, those were my first two albums, and, and somehow I, I uh, got to the point where I'm doing a podcast on The Killers, so go figure. Uh, but uh, Jimmy... Yeah. It's your turn, man. Well, definitely not all of us were influenced so heavily by the music we liked in the in middle school that we continue to have it influence our daily lives <laughs> and our daily craft. So luckily, uh, Brandon had some better first music choices because my first the first CD I ever bought was Home by Blessed Union of Souls. I just love that I Believe song, Derek. I don't know. That's not a bad one. It's, not, it's a little more obscure. I, I also like, I also remember the second one I bought was Seal. Kiss from a Rose was the single on that one. So talking about these bands that Brandon liked, um, I had to tell. Uh, I guess it was it was high school by then, but I have to tell a, a story about the Cure, which I know was one of his favorites. Uh, when he played in Salt Lake, I think it was the last time around. He they played a cover of the song Push by the Cure, and Brandon told a story about how when he uh, was a little. Tyke, I don't know, probably middle school. He went to uh, the Cure concert with his, I think it was his sister and her friends, and he tells the story of the concert in Salt Lake that he was kind of getting dabbling it with this new wave stuff and the 80s music uh, that was popular then. But it wasn't until he went to this concert with his sister, I think that's when she, he let her put eyeliner on him. <laughs> and... Um, he said he was dabbling in the music until he went to the concert and heard them play Push live. And then he was 
completely converted at that point. And so I, I was not familiar with the song, Push. You know, just like having, you know, some of the other more popular Cure songs. And so I listened to it, and I like it a lot. So now, now I know that song, I have it. So my funny story about The Cure is I didn't really know any of their music in middle school or high school. And I think it was ninth grade. We went to one of our teacher's classrooms sometime that was outside of class. And she was working on putting her classroom together or something, and she was listening to music. She had, you know, stuck a CD in her Mac that had a, finally had a CD slot, probably. New technology at the yeah. time. She was listening to, I said, what is this music? You know, I was trying to be cool and pretend like, which my, te- my older teacher liked was not cool. I was like, what is this? And she said, this is the cure. And I said, the cure for what? Insomnia. And I thought I was the most hilarious, the most hilarious joke I had ever told to my life in that point. And... <laughs> I had no idea who The Cure was, so now I do. Thanks, Brandon, for uh, introducing me to Push, and um, hopefully he plays it again when he comes to Salt Lake. Well, here's, here's the question for you now. Uh, we're all getting ready for this big concert coming up, and uh, are, are we going to wear the matching eyeliner? Are we all... <laughs> no. No? Okay. Well, it was throw it out there. You don't know unless you ask. No, but I'll be wearing my Juab Golf polo shirt for sure as far as lyric changes i guess that was the only other thing was lyric changes it's pretty much uh the same as two it says maybe it's the stuff it takes to get up when the morning breaks it makes that rhyme instead of you know the original version which just i think just says maybe it's the stuff it takes to get up in the morning and then goes on to the next line and not he's not as worried about about the rhyming as he is in the versions two and five but Five's definitely my favorite. Number two's next. Four's at the at the back of the list. So yeah, I didn't have a, an older brother to get me into music or anything like that. So I think I had to start where I started. But I'm curious to the listeners out there. Let us know uh, whether it's uh, you know on on our Instagram or on the Facebook page, uh, Lonely Town Killers Podcast. If uh, if you want a direct message or if you want to email or if you want to just uh, call me up or send me a text. What was your first CD or album? Because I guess it depends on your age, right? It might have been a cassette, it could have been an A-tracks, could have been an actual album. But what was your first? Uh, what was your first piece of music that you purchased, Jimmy? I think that's uh, that's going to do it for us. I think that's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>